1: welcome to TC live as we continue the road to Roland Garros on European red clay in the land of super yachts we find the biggest superstars in tennis all looking to claim the Monte Carlo Masters title a lot to get to over the next 30 minutes we've got all the big highlights and you don't want to miss what the players said to Prakash. Plus, big news on Roger Federer's comeback. And everything's bigger in Texas, including the WTA. With that, we welcome you into our Santa Monica studio. Steve Weisman back alongside former world number 12 coach to the stars, Paul Anacone. And we've got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big screen. We're going to talk about a future Hall of Famer shortly. But first, a current Hall of Famer is calling it a career after her latest comeback. That's right, four-time singles major champion. Kim Kleisters announced her retirement from tennis. Andy, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame with Kim back in 2017. What's your reaction to this latest news?
2: Yeah, I don't know that this, this comeback effort from Kim, who's a, a dear friend of mine, uh, ever kind of got fully on the rails. I know covid played a little bit of havoc with her schedule couldn't really get in the groove and get the reps but listen if 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 not for nothing else she at least has peace of mind kind of knows i i, I don't expect that we would see a reversal uh at, at this point and, and kim is uh is so blessed with her family um and her children uh i never worry a day about what kim's going to get up to it's always going to be something great in the future and love to kim uh hope you're happy with where you're at
0: yeah uh, one of the most well-liked athletes of Our times, really just a wonderful player, better human being. Nice shot there after winning the U.S. Open. She has had a tremendous career, and I think Andy's spot on. Had different kinds of uh, aspirations to come back in in a different world and never really got it going a lot because of COVID, some because of
1: family life, but uh, her next chapter is going to be a good one for sure. Third retirement for Kim Clijsters. 41 titles, more than 500 wins, four singles majors, two doubles majors, and already a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame person as well. Kim Clijsters, one of the nicest in the game, and uh, we certainly wish the very best to her. We'll see her on TV a little bit, and she's also got the Academy in Belgium. Well, from a former number one to a current number one, the last time we saw Novak Djokovic was February in Dubai. He picked up a couple wins before losing to Yuri Vesely in the quarterfinals. That loss took Djokovic briefly out of the top spot in the rankings. So, Tuesday, the two-time Monte Carlo champ looking to get back on track against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. The 22-year-old starting strong, Andy. Yeah, and letting him know that he was in it to play. Screaming a little
2: bit, getting pumped up. Got off to the fast start. Extremely windy conditions today. You can see Davidovich Fokina with his uh, back full of clay. uh, He was actually diving around more than rodney dangerfield and back to school which is a very dated reference that only paul anacone will actually get (laughs) Uh, but here we go deep into the second set breaker fokina had already been up in the second set had kind of lost his way a little bit just fighting to get through and novak when he was able to kind of turn this tiebreaker around this is probably his best point of the match Vintage Novak scurrying side to side, just couldn't go through him. Coming up with a clutch for him pass on the run when needed. At this point, we felt like, hey, listen, as long as he's got the legs and he's got the fitness, This match might actually turn, might actually end up being a good one for Novak to get through, but it wasn't meant to be. Davidovich Fokina, uh, credit to him because, he, uh, again, he let that second set get away. I I don't know if there's anyone quicker off the mark on a clay court. Switching directions makes it look easy. It's certainly not. And a a well-earned victory full of kind of mental stresses today, paying the respect to Novak, not kind of fist-pumping right in front of him. But uh, all-time best win and props you like to see it, Novak, classy at the net there. But, uh, you know, he got his reps in today.
1: Biggest win of the Spaniards' career, and Djokovic tried to explain the loss after.
0: I was hanging on the ropes, uh, you know, entire game, entire match. I was really chasing the result constantly, so, um, you know, can't speak too much about my chances. Um, Had some games where I was break points, game points, and I just lost, lost many of those games in the first set. Also second. Um... But, you know, he could have, he could have um, w- uh, won this match in straight sets, and I just kind of fought, fought my way through to the third, but then I was just physically completely uh, collapsed. You know, I couldn't, couldn't move anymore. I'm so happy for the win. You know, uh, today to beat uh, Tunole. it's like... I don't have any words, you know. I was enjoying every moment, every point, because I knew that Nole didn't play a lot this year. Then I have to to go with that, and to from the beginning to have more confidence with myself. You were playing every point like you were diving on grass all the time. Yeah, I didn't care about fall down, because I was like... Pushing myself to for the war, you know, I, I didn't care. And to play every point and doesn't matter if I fall down and didn't make it.
1: Just to focus on the next point. Incredible effort there. First time since 2018 that Djokovic has lost back to back matches to players ranked outside the top 45 and Paul. Nine breaks. Djokovic has never been broken nine times in a best-of-three match. How did the Spaniard do it?
0: Well, you look, for 51 unforced errors for Novak, that's usually about two or three months of the year on his calendar with that number of errors. And when you see that there were 31 break opportunities, that means that there's something going on. And what was going on is there was a lot of wins. So for a great player like Novak, he wants to come back in an environment where he can see how he's doing. I mean, he couldn't – he was trying to survive today. This was, a, this was a battle of attrition for the guys out there to see who could really manage the situation. And you have to give the 22-year-old a ton of credit every time Novak snuck back in – I would take a breath and go, up. Oh, here comes a great player. Time for the young guy to go away. And he didn't. He did a great job in the big moment, particularly start of the third set, down break point the first game, held, and then ran away with it. It was impressive.
1: Listen, Novak Djokovic is arguably the greatest athlete on the planet, Andy. So when you hear him say he physically collapsed, couldn't move anymore, what does that say to you? Yeah,
2: you can't fake tournament reps. You know, I, you could play five hours in practice, but when you get the adrenaline and you get the nerves, it's its own kind of exhaust mechanism. And when you haven't kind of dealt with that recently, I mean, he's, he's very short on matches uh, since the U.S. Open, uh, you know, last year. So, um, you know, it, it was a big ask. And what Novak was hoping to do was turn it around, get through, survive this match, and then find his game later on. Credit to Davidovich Fokina. Also, when you're coming back in your Novak, the last thing you want is really blustery conditions, right? Where your feet aren't quite under you. I don't think Novak moved that well today. I felt like he was lunging a lot more than he normally did. The switch of directions wasn't quite there. Not a big thing to worry about, all to be expected, but expect him to maybe sneak in another tournament or two, play a little bit of a heavier schedule until he finds that footing, obviously, with a goal being Roland Garros.
1: Four matches this year, two wins, two losses. Not what you expect from the world number one. The man who beat Novak Djokovic last year in the third round, Dan Evans, back in action. Taking on qualifier, Benjamin Bonzi. Evans served really well in that first set, Paul.
0: He did a great job. Got off to a great start. Dan is a terrific clay court player because of the variety. Uses the slice to make people uncomfortable or can come forward. First set, 6-0, but Bonzi yeah, did a Bonzi. great job in the second set. Up a break, goes up 4-1. Good credit to Dan Evans. Uses the variety from the back of the court. How about the big one-hander down the line here? He's just fighting to stay in that second set. Because it took a while to get going and get back to neutral, get back to where they were on serve. But I love watching Evans play. Creates a lot of discomfort. Terrific hands at the net. And once he got into the tiebreak, played a little bit more solid tennis. Really did a terrific job. Nice win 0-6 and and a good comeback in the second set.
1: Snaps a three-match losing streak. He will take on Davidovich Fokina in the next round. Meantime we had the top ranked American man Taylor Fritz a battle against a wild card from Monaco ranked 430 in the world Paul,
0: Yeah Fritz was up 6 2 in the tiebreak and he went down lost that first set tiebreak to Lucas Catarina wine mixer himself. It was a tough battle. <laughs> But Fritz had to hang in there. The wind was blowing everywhere. Taylor was frustrated. Couldn't get anything on his ground strokes. It's just one of those days where you have to hang in there. You have to figure out a way to get through. Second set, Taylor did a nice job. Played a more solid tiebreak. Trouble, though, in the third. Got down an early break and was never able to really control any return games. But right here at 4-3, when the finish line came in sight, uh, wine mixer had a tough time closing it out he got a little bit nervous Taylor played a little bit more aggressive and really did a good job the last 10 minutes of the match was the best tennis from Taylor Fritz and that was the best return game of the match right there really did a great job being aggressive and gets the double ball bad way to lose a match but a great battle from the Warpool wild card
1: it's the Katarina Y mixer, Paul. There you
0: go. Now you're talking, Here from Taylor Fritz. I did feel in the first set, the level from both of us wasn't, wasn't great. But got in the, in the second and third set, uh, I thought he was really, really tough. He was playing some great tennis, and it's incredibly windy out here. I felt like it was very tough to kind of, like, pull the trigger on a lot of balls I wanted to because it's just moving around so much. So I kind of just had to
1: work with what I had and kind of just compete my way through it. And, like, sometimes you got to get through matches that way. Uh, Taylor was able to get through. But, Andy, are are you more concerned that he was pushed so far by a guy ranked outside of the top 400 or encouraged that he got through it?
2: No such thing as a bad win, Steve, especially when you're switching surfaces. Taylor Fritz wasn't afraid to kind of get right into the clay. You need these bumps and bruises along the way. It's not going to be his best service ever nothing he does translates to clay better listen you can only play who's across from you on the day your 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 only option is to either win or to lose he got the win let's not criticize too much tough to get through it and also this is a match you lose if you don't have that stockpile of wins to the beginning of the year the fact that he was kind of is has that confidence translated from hard court even though he played beneath what he normally would this is still a good win and he gives himself a chance to improve this week not next week
1: and on the air. That's a lot of wins for Taylor Fritz. As one of his coaches, Paul, what's your message to Taylor after this match? Well,
0: I I think Andy started off with the right thing. There's no such thing as a bad win. You know, you're only as good as you are on your average day, and it was one of those days where it was really windy. Taylor couldn't get offensive, so he had to find a way just to hang in there. One of his uh, biggest attributes is his competitive spirit. He's not afraid to compete, not afraid to lose, even when he doesn't play well. So for me, this is just all positive stuff. You know, you get through a match like this, and like Andy said, you get to keep trying to improve this week. You don't have to wait. He gets another chance tomorrow.
1: And he'll get that chance against Marin Chilich. Meantime, the talk of the ATP tour. The teenager, 18-year-old Carlos Alcaraz making his Monte Carlo debut on Wednesday. He'll be taking on another American in Sebi Corta. Take a look at this. Alcaraz on a tear up to a career-high 11 in the world after becoming the youngest man to win in Miami. So, I ask you this, Andy. Lindsey Davenport told me in Charleston, she's a 1,000% sure that Alcaraz is going to win a major as a teenager. He turns 19 before Roland Garros, so he'll have four cracks at it. Will he win a major as a teenager?
2: I think he will. I don't know that I'm a 1,000% sure, <laughs> but listen, his, his game translates. We've already seen it on the hard. We've seen him go from – you know, Rio to, he played well in, on, on clay last year. We make the assumption that he's he's just as good on clay. Will he translate to grass? He had a great U.S. Open last year, uh, you know, and he has the guidance of uh, of Juan Carlos Ferrero, who's not going to be kind of overawed by any situation. So he is going to have that. I, I think he will win uh, a major before he's before he's 20 years old, but I think he's going to win many majors after that. So when he does it, it's less important than him doing it. And he's certainly on the right trajectory. We haven't seen... Uh, this blue chip of a prospect since, uh, you know, some guys named Roger Rafa and Novak, I I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think think he will, too. I mean, I I just think he's so good. He's improved so much so fast. And, And... Look, I actually think his best surface is hard court. Mm. So, uh, you know, we first saw him really explode at the U.S. Open on a hard court that was relatively quick. And look at what he did these last few weeks here in the United States on hard court. So, I think he's going to be able to play on everything. Grass, I think, will be his latest evolution to greatness, but he'll get there as well. And when you see somebody this good this early with someone uh, like Juan Carlos Ferrero in his corner that can help him kind of get ready for situations before they occur, that means a lot. That means the transition to greatness will be even quicker
1: so you're calling Alcaraz to win either the U.S. Open or Australian Open coming up
0: well I I think so and I think the most important thing is if he wins Ian Eagle will owe Jim Courier a, a dinner wherever he wants to go so Jim won't have to give Ian Eagle <laughs> dinner at uh, Shake Shack are
2: you in that bet too Andy? I I, I got some of that coming my way, too, so let's let's hope it
1: happens. All right, dinner at the French Laundry coming up. (laughs) Got to love that. Uh, A lot more highlights still to come, including the defending champion in action in Monte Carlo. But first, one member of the Big Three lost today, but a big win for another. How close is Roger Federer to getting back on the court? We'll let you know. Andy, Paul, Steve, back on TC Live. Make Tennis.com your online information source during the road to Roland Garros. Right now, Casper, the friendly host. Matt Fitzgerald goes behind the scenes with the Rude family in Oslo. We also have the latest on Kim Kleister's retirement, including this segment on our warm and fuzzy set.
0: This is called felt feelings. There's different feelings on each ball. Go ahead and grab one and tell me the last time you felt that feeling. What What is that one? Oh,
2: and did I feel that probably yeah. a few days ago on court?
0: Was there a little racket crack going on? No. Or? No. A
2: little cursing? A little probably, cursing? Yeah.
0: And what, what language? Flemish. Flemish. Flemish yes. You curse in Flemish. Yes. Why? Why is that the ghost? to nature.
2: The nature comes <laughs> okay. out. That's okay. the natural. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> All of our awesome, Mormon fuzzy segments available on tennischannel.com and the Tennis Channel app. When we come back, the two most recent champions meet in Monte Carlo. Can Fabio Fonini get his first win over Stefano Sitsipas? You're watching TC Live. The Australian Open taking on a young Italian in Lorenzo Musetti, Andy.
2: Yeah, and and Musetti has to feel a little bit of extra pressure at this point in the season. This is where he makes his hay the next six weeks, Steve. But on point, when he has time, he gets those big swings on it, creates a lot of torque, a lot of spin, cruises right through the first set uh, against Pear. But something we don't say that often about Pear goes goes full gladiator, full fight mode. He says, are you not entertained, Steve? Look at Pear showing the (laughs) fight. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> but didn't last long unfortunately misses the volley here Musetti's able to get the break and pair back to doing pair of things uh Musetti closed it out here in the third set pair forehand breaks down like it tends to do sometimes good start to the clay court season for Musetti
1: generated 14 break points converted on half of them he'll get Felix Oje seen next well the last two Monte Carlo Masters champs meeting on Tuesday Fabio Fonini on the left, he was the oldest winner. When he won in 2019, Stefano Sitsipas did not drop a set on the way to his first master's title last year in Monaco. Well, Sitsipas, 23 and 5 on clay last year, two titles. Had won all three previous meetings against the 34-year-old Italian ball. Now, I wondered what was going to happen early
0: on. Comini down a break, breaks back, but then Sitsipas stretches it again. Fabio was a little bit slow foot a little sluggish from the back of the court. And Sitsipas is such a good athlete. Finds yeah, his way around know. the court incredibly well with good footwork, athleticism, and good dynamic movement. Once he got that first set under his belt, that's what happened. Did not follow the Andy Roddick school of throwing Went head first. You got to go face first into the court surface. That was the least of Fabio's worries, though, because he got down 5 0 in a heartbeat, and Citzy Plus played a solid first and even more solid second set.
1: The defending champ, first clay court match of the year, victorious. Take a look at some other scores today. Andy, which one stands out to you?
2: Well, uh, Sonego moving along. Uh, Cressy gets the look at the basket, but the lucky loser doesn't come through. Dimitrov looked great in the third set there. And don't forget about vote for Pedro Martinez. Gosh, Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I set it up. You knock it out. Time to enter the social net. The WTA is adding a 250 event in Austin, Texas. Uh, Andy, you lived there for many years. You brought a Davis Cup tie there. What makes Austin, Texas great for tennis? Well, it's an event town, Steve.
2: We know how to put on events, whether it's South by Southwest or uh, any of the, the other music festivals uh, that we get, uh, Austin City Limits, uh, the new F1 track. We're, we're really good at events in Austin, Texas. And finally, we get some consistent tennis. We had a Davis Cup tie. We've had some EXOs, but uh, something that, uh, that can make a home in Austin, Texas is very, very exciting.
0: Yeah, and also my doubles partner, Christo Van Rensburg, is going to be the tournament director there. And uh, his heart and souls and Austin has been living there actually since we played on tour, even just before. So I know he's thrilled about that and excited to be there. A great town, as Andy mentioned. So it's going to be a good foundation to build on.
1: Love it. ATX open February 26, 2023. Get your tickets now. Maitan, the last time we saw Roger Federer on court, he lost in the Wimbledon quarterfinals to Hubie Hercotch. He then had right knee surgery, has been working on a comeback. But get this, Federer posted on Instagram today that rehab is rocking. I'm going to start with Fed's former coach. Paul, what does this say to you? Well, if that
0: picture, if I were to guess, if there's a man lurking in the shadows named Pierre Paganini, I would say Roger's in pretty good hands. Uh, I know he's really happy to be back at work. Talked to him a couple weeks ago, been a little bit of time right now, but he was looking forward to trying to get healthy again. It's been a rough couple of years, but look, he loves the game, loves his life. But uh, if he can get back out there ASAP, he will, but he won't take a chance. He wants to make sure he's ready.
2: Yeah. I don't think Roger puts stuff like this out by accident. I think he knows the reaction that it could cause and, uh, Good for the rest of us, and good for Roger. I don't think he puts something like this out unless he is really making great progress. He keeps it pretty tight to the vest. I talked to him at a, at Labor Cup last year, and he said, "Listen, man, I, I just don't know." To see kind of where he was on crutches then versus what we're seeing now with kind of the deep knee bends and and him kind of pushing it out and inviting the conversation, uh, so to speak, is is a great sign. So fingers crossed, we get to see uh, we get to see Roger sooner rather than later.
1: He looks in great shape. All the extra G's on rocking. Goat, 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 goat. I got it. I got it. Something like that, maybe. Who knows?
0: Emphasis on happiness. Happiness.
1: (laughs) Emphasis on health. Uh, Live coverage, Tennis Channel, Monte Carlo, 5 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Got you covered on the Valley Sports Regional Networks and T2, the three of us. Back on TC Live to wrap it all up. And encore coverage from the Principality all night and morning long. More TC Live after this. Eric have been back with our hot shot of the day from that Novak, Djokovic, Alejandro, Davidovich, Fokina match, Andy.
2: Yeah, Steve, you know I love a hot shot that actually matters in the grand scheme of the match. And boy did this matter. Novak Djokovic was moving. That's the best point he moved the entire match with that forehand pass kind of high up the line. Makes it very tough. You see the movement here. This went over Davidovich, Fokina grunted loud. So I thought that was actually hit harder than it was in real time. But look at the movement here, pass that high one up the line. Even if it, Davidovich Fokina is able to get a racket on that, it's high going away. That was a vintage Novak.
1: The Hulkamaniacs love that one. You thought Djokovic was going to carry that over to the third set. It did not. And the young Spaniard came up with the biggest win of his life. Featured matches on Wednesday. There are some good ones. Corda, <laughs> Alcaraz, Fritz, Chilich, Rude, Rude, a lot of youngsters in action. Let's head back to Monte Carlo for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at our DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. P, all eyes are going to be on the American Sebi Korda as he plays the young, sensational Carlos Alcaraz off the heels of his Miami Open title. What should we expect? Well, listen, they've only played one time in the next-gen finals, but it's a very interesting matchup. Just three years apart, I think we're going to be seeing them face off for the next decade in big, big matches, Probably have to lean in Alcaraz's favor, but Sebastian's very comfortable on this surface. I think he's the underdog, has nothing to lose. Hopefully he can serve big, bring some big forehands, and, and cause some trouble. Looking forward to amazing action here in Monte Carlo as I turn it back over to Steve in Santa Monica. Thank you so much, as always. Today, a huge day for Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Biggest win of his life, takes out the world number one, Novak Djokovic. Also a big day in the life of of Andy Roddick. Put this on Twitter earlier today that it's your wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Brooke. What are we doing today to celebrate, Andy? I think
2: she's uh, leaving me at home with the kids tonight, and she's going out with... uh with some friends, I actually think she quote tweeted this and said that I uh, that she's in the market for uh, new slash different husband, and are there any takers? So, <laughs> could be, it, it, listen, Steve, it might it might be a life change. Probably wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done, but here we are. What, where's that that photo from? Uh, uh, I I knew the one that I needed. It's uh, I mean it's from I think two years ago. Uh, she was having uh, coming from someone who has lots of bad hair days and or barely hair day days. <laughs> Uh, I, relish, I relish the opportunity to uh, to put this out and let her feel just a little bit of what I feel daily. <laughs> That's pretty good. I
1: love Gotta that.
0: Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Happy birthday!
1: Yes, very happy birthday. Real quick, Andy, uh, who wins between Alcaraz and Corda?
2: I mean, you have to say uh, Alcaraz is the favorite, obviously, but. You know, Sebi defends his second serve really well. If he can kind of get a lot of first serves in, he hits the ball thick enough where Alcaraz isn't just going to be unloading on balls all day long. Sebi's got to switch directions. Bleed the lines a little bit. Not let Alcaraz get control of those rallies. Switch directions a lot early, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. But Alcaraz has to be the favorite.
0: Leaning Alcaraz, but if Sebi can play good first strike tennis, big returns of serve, serve plus one, give him a good shot.
1: All right, looking forward to it. 5 a.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel. Thank you so much for watching TC Live. For Andy and Paul, I'm Steve. Our coverage of the Monte Carlo Masters continues next.